Breakfast Radio are not the views and opinions of the station, its management, or its advertisers. Now, let's get ready to focus on our issues, our solutions, using our voices on Black Focus Radio. Welcome to Black Focus, the show designed with our community in mind, where we focus on our issues, developing our solutions using our voices. Central Arkansas, surrounding areas, and the nation. Get ready. Black Focus starts right now. Phone lines open at 855-525-5683. So here's your host, David W. Coleman and Robert Webb. Our issues, our solutions, our voices, 855-525-5683 is the number. That's how you get in touch with me. If you want to join the show, my very capable co-host, Robert Webb, is in the house today. What up, Black? Hey, Robert. How you doing, man? Um, I'm up in this piece. uh, Rizzy is over there somewhere as well, Miss Rizzy. Is over there. They got the whole Rizzy crew up in yeah, here. Yeah, she like his bodyguard. You know, he don't go nowhere now without her. Yeah, man. I think he's scared. And then when she around, he act totally different. He does. He does, doesn't he? Isn't yeah. that isn't that amazing? He make you know? he act totally different, yeah. man. Yeah. Isn't, isn't that amazing I should, how that works? I, I should I should have Rizzy bring up to the board meetings, and then maybe he'll be maybe that way he'll be a little bit harder in the board meetings because mm-hmm. he hard when she here. Mm-hmm. I be listening to this radio show. I can tell when she here and when mm-hmm. she ain't. Yeah, he when I she think, here, he had that. Pre- when she, when she here now, this is the deal. Mm-hmm. When she here, when she here, man, mm-hmm. he had, I'm, you know the preacher be talking fire and brimstone? Oh, yeah, he preaching to her. Oh, yeah, man. He, he, he coming hard, yeah. right? But when she in here, be like, watch this, honey. Watch you this, You ought to hear his voice. He be like, can y'all hear me? Mm-hmm. I can barely hear him, man. But yeah. when she here, oh, man, Rizzy on fire. Yeah, watch this, honey. L- l- listen, listen. They ain't ready for me. Here it go, honey. Here it go. <laughs> yeah, Rizzy be, yeah, be pumped. You know, so Rizzy hanging around. Don't don't say anything crazy because he might slap you or something. You know, so I'm just letting you know. Something, man. You know she in here, Rizzy like. Uh, uh, I'm just saying. You know how some know. folks gotta drink their courage. Mm, yeah. Riz, Rizzy keeps his with him. Yeah, Good job. You know, that's why I like I let him go ahead and pretend like he's like the number two show on the station because I don't want to make him mad at me. Nah, not when she here. We'll no, do it when she ain't here. Yeah, when she ain't here, I, we'll I, talk I'm trash to him. Because yeah. we can't talk yeah. trash to him now. He'll talk no. back. Any other time, he just walk out and laugh. Yeah. But now he, now he got to do it. Yeah. I heard that when he was down there. I heard when he was down there with all his guns. I heard that the first time he was down there, he, was, he wasn't very comfortable when his girl went with him, with Miss Rizzy was there. Woo! They said Rizzy wasn't no joke. It's a Rizzy looked about twelve feet tall. He wasn't having no. He wasn't putting up with nothing. Yeah, he looked like John Henry. Yeah, yeah. he wasn't putting up with nothing. John Henry told his captain, <laughs> "Well, a man ain't nothing but a man." <laughs> All right, so let's go ahead and uh, uh, we got an interesting show today. Uh, it ought to be fun. Man, of will course. you stop? Um, we're we're gonna talk a little bit about qualified immunity today, Robert. Oh God. I got two stories for you. You you will like them. Yep, here we you go. Know, uh, we'll talk about that. The movement has once again been co-opted. Okay, and and then of course uh, Tom Cotton. If you want to talk about him some more, we can do that as well. Uh, he's been taking a beating, uh, and there's another article about Sage Steele and those people. 
those people mm. that have dark complexions but aren't really black. Mm. You, you I don't like when people, people do that. I don't like that. They're graham crackers. They're black still. They're just graham crackers. Where did the term graham cracker come from? I just made it up. Do you like it? Nah. Yes, you do. Deep nah. down inside, you really like no. it. You know what a graham cracker is, right? Yeah, I usually take them. People camp- like to say Oreo, but I don't say Oreo. I take I them camping cracker. with me and get marshmallows and chocolate and, oh, God. and All right, cool. put them together, and then right. they morph into Are s'mores. you black? Uh, when I want to Because you know what? This is the thing I never understood. Okay. Black folks don't really like a whole lot of water, because mm-hmm. we understand what that water represents. Mm-hmm. But how, however, now- mm-hmm. And black folks don't know how to operate their electronic devices either. Yeah, you're but. funny. <laughs> you're funny. <laughs> All right, so I'll tell you what we're going to do. We're going to uh, go ahead and jump into black facts real fast. Dynamic this- black facts. Our culture, our history, our people. I'm going to read a little bit of this because uh, it's interesting. Um it's about the, tw- the Trail of Tears, and someone who lived in Nashville and was about 20 minutes from Hermitage and Andrew Jackson's home, um, I have a, a disdain for President Jackson. In fact, I won't even call him president. Uh, but uh, here's an interesting article about black blacks, how Native American slaveholders complicate the Trail of Tears. Let me say that again. How Native American slave owners complicate the Trail of Tears. When you think of the Trail of Tears, you likely imagine a long procession of suffering Cherokee Indians forced westward by a villainous Andrew Jackson. Perhaps you envision unscrupulous white slaveholders whose interest in growing a plantation economy underlay the decision to expel the Cherokee, flooding in to take their place east of the Mississippi River. What you probably don't picture are Cherokee slaveholders. Foremost among them, Cherokee Chief John Ross. What you probably don't picture are the numerous African-American slaves Cherokee owned who made the brutal march themselves and else or else were shipped en masse to what is now Oklahoma aboard cramped boats by their wealthy, wealthy Indian masters. And what you may not know is that the federal policy of Indian removal, which ranged far beyond the Trail of Tears and the Cherokee was not simply the vindictive scheme of Andrew Jackson, but rather a popularly endorsed, congressionally sanctioned campaign spanning the administration, check this, of nine separate presidents. That's 36 years, folks. These uncomfortable complications in the narrative were brought to the forefront in a recent event held at the National Museum of American Indian titled Finding Common Ground. The symposium offered a deep dive into into the intersectional African-American and Native American history. For museum curator Paul Smith, a Comanche by the way, who has overseen the design and opening of widely lauded American exhibitions, 
now on view on the museum's third floor, it is imperative to provide the museum going public with an unflinching history, even when doing so is painful. I used to like history, Smith told the crowd ruefully, and sometimes I do, but not most of the time. Most of the time, history and I are frenemies at best. In the case of the Trail of Tears and the enslavement of blacks by prominent members of all five so-called civilized tribes, the Cherokee, the Chickasaw, the Choctaw, the Creek, and the Seminole, Smith went one further deeper, lackening the ugly truth of history to a mangy, snarling dog standing between you and a crowd-pleasing narrative. Obviously, Smith said, the story should be, needs to be, that the enslaved black people and soon-to-be-exiled red people would join forces and defeat their oppressor. But such was not the case. For from it, the five civilized tribes were deeply committed to slavery, established their own racialized black codes, immediately reestablished slavery when they arrived in Indian territory, built their nations with slave labor, crushed slave rebellions, and enthusiastically sided with the Confederacy in the Civil War. In other words, the truth is about as far a cry from a crowd-pleasing narrative as you could possibly get. Do you hear? Do you want to hear that, Smith? Asked the audience. I don't think so. Nobody does. And yet, Smith is firm in his belief that it is a museum's duty to embrace and elucidate ambiguities not swept under the rub in pursuit of a clearer fiction. Taya Miles, an African-American historian at the University of Michigan, agrees at the Finding Common Ground event, she meticulously laid out primary source evidence to paint a picture of Indian-African-American relations in years leading up to the Civil War. Native Americans, she said, had themselves been enslaved even before African-Americans, and the two groups were enslaved for approximately 150 years in tandem. It wasn't until the 18th century that the bondage of Native Americans began to wane as Africans were imported in greater and greater numbers, increasingly where white colonists viewed Africans as little more than mindless beasts of burden. They saw Native Americans as something more, noble savages, unrefined but courageous and fierce. Perversely, Native American ownership of black slaves came about as a way of Native Americans to, to illustrate their societal sophistication to white settlers. They were working hard to comply with government dictates that told Native people that in order to be protected and secure in their land base, they had to prove their level of civilization. Hmm. How would slave ownership prove civilization? The answer, Miles contends, is that in capitalism-crazed America, slaves became tokens of economic success. The more slaves you owned, 
the more serious a business person you were. And the more serious a business person you were, the fitter you were to join the ranks of civilized society. It's worth remembering that Paul Chad Smith says that white, while most Native Americans did not own slaves, neither did most Mississippi whites. Slave ownership was a serious status symbol. Smith and Miles agree that much of the early American history is explained poorly by modern morality, but effectively by simple economics and power dynamics. The Cherokee owned slaves for the same reason their white neighbors did. They knew exactly what they were doing. In truth, Smith said, the Cherokee and other civilized tribes were not that complicated. They were willful and determined oppressors of blacks they owned, enthusiastic participants in a global economic driven by cotton and believers in the idea that they were equal to whites and superior to blacks. Damn. That's our black fact for today. You, you do pretty good with those black facts. Black I'm give you credit Radio. on that. For more dynamic black facts, our culture, our history, our people, on joinetradio.com. <laughs> Have I? And if you would like to sponsor Dynamic Black Facts, you can give me a call Rizzy. at 615-554-0568. I read that because, see, many of you all think that Native Americans didn't participate in the slave trade, just like the lie has been told that Jews didn't participate in the slave trade. History is a mug. You know what I'm saying? When you really start doing the research, you began to understand that everybody benefited from black bodies. Just like black people were the new cotton back then, black people are the new cotton today. They continually make money off the backs of black people. So as I've said over and over again, and I I like to do this, and since the reverend is in here, I need to make sure that he understands that. See, I'm not perfect like him. No, we're not perfect okay. like Riz. I'm not perfect like some of y'all. Like, are you holy people and you forgiving people? This is why I say I ain't carrying water for nobody but black folk. Say it carrying, again, Dave. I ain't carrying water for nobody but black folk. Say it again, folk. Dave. I ain't carrying water but, for nobody but black folk. Lights, amen. Okay. I'm just saying. I ain't carrying it for the Native American Indians, the Japanese, the Asians, the, the Koreans, the, 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 the Vietnamese, the LGBTQ, ABCDU, none of y'all. If you ain't black, if you ain't got that melanin flowing through your body and you don't espouse blackness to be blackity, 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 black, then I ain't carrying water for you. That's just me, man. That's just me. That's our black fact for the day. What's up, man? Man, you coming hard uh, today. I'm, hey, I'm I, just, I, I was listening to Rizzy earlier. I know. Man. Rizzy was on. He, I told know, you he, I should have known who was in here. Yeah, he was, he was man, coming he, hard. He done like wore off on me, man. When, Rizzy, when like, Rizzy come hard, sometimes mm-hmm, I'd be listening to Rizzy's mm-hmm. show. I had to turn it down a little bit because, you know, white people be looking at me all crazy. Well, he letting I'd be wanting to say he a preacher, though. Yeah. Uh-huh. yeah that's the preacher. That's, that's the, the preacher side. That's the rebel. Do you want someone to preach it? That's the rebel. You know, I'm just saying, man. Woo! 
He's so radical, man. He gonna talk about we train him to be mm-hmm. radical. Where you get that from? Mm-hmm. A lie enough for a brother to tell, That's is That's what I'm, I'm saying. I'm talking about. If it's in your, if it's in your DNA, it's in your DNA. Woo. And it's in your DNA, bro. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. Ain't that right, Mr. Josephine? Look at a nine and like, it is, honey. It is. Listen to him. Listen to him. <laughs> wow. So where do we want to start today, man? We want to start off with the, the, oh, by the way, did you hear that the Portland mayor got gassed by the secret police last night? No. Yeah, man. That's what Trump said in that message. Y'all, 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 y'all want to be treated like him? Here you go. <laughs> there you go. Here you go. That's, that's just amazing. So here's the mayor of Portland, white guy, blonde, blue-eyed, white boy. He gets gassed by the secret police. Mm-mm. I'm not surprised by that at all. I'm not either. Because, see, here's what's happening, and a lot of people are not getting this thing, what Trump is trying to do. What Trump is doing. He's not well, trying. Well, he's this, doing. Well, this old law and order thing that he's, 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 he's pushed out, this is nothing but a 60s sheriff ploy that was happening during the civil rights struggle. Right. And the fact of the matter is that what he's telling white people, mm-hmm. a lot of people are not understanding this, but, but what he's telling white people is, I'm going to protect y'all. Yeah. Okay? Yeah. The blacks are coming. It's us okay? against them. So yeah. Rudolph, Giuliani, Ru- Rudolph Giuliani the other day said that black people, BLM, wants to take over your property and your land. This is Rudy Giuliani. Yeah, just this, the other it's day. the same propaganda they've used okay. in the past. It's nothing so, new. So yesterday in the president's press conference, and I paraphrase, here's what he said. He said the reason that COVID nineteen has exploded was because of the Black Lives Matter protest. Okay? <laughs> Which we know is a lie, but what that's saying is that the reason COVID nineteen. Oh, though, and right? let me let me finish the other part, and the Mexican border. Now, here's what that interprets to what he's hoping that white people get, is that the reason COVID nineteen is so bad is because of the blacks and, and the, the Mexicans. Mexicans. If we can just get rid of them, we'd be good. That's exactly what he's saying. Yeah. Okay. Reason I think that mic is off. You're gonna need to go go to this mic. But you know he do that all the time. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. You, they, yeah. With me. Yeah. they don't, they don't want your. But mind. but that's yeah, exactly he mad what he's saying. Because I'm number two, and he number y'all number three. <laughs> he go. mad. Here we go. Here we go. But that's exactly what he's saying. Okay, because the reason he's going there, that has been a staple of American politics from, I mean, from as far back as I can remember, and he's getting pounded right now. In every poll, even right wing polls, yeah. so that suggests to him and a lot of people, if it stays the way it is, he's going to lose this election. So when you're gonna, when you're when you're down and out, and remember, George Bush did it as well, the first George Bush. Okay, when you're down and out, what do you do? You start pulling out those race racist you trumps. Yeah, race you, but you that's have what to. he's doing. You have to. It sells. That's what he's doing. It sells. I mean, it, and it resonates with people. Because there are people who already feel that way, right? There are people who already feel that way. So it's, yeah. it, it resonates with them. It resonates. Well, 
just so just so you all know that the reason that the COVID nineteen virus is is so bad is because of you blacks. And, and you, don't forget about and, your Mexicans. And you Mexicans. So you mean to say that it's not the white folks that say if they wear the mask they can't breathe? The same ones that said if you're talking you're breathing. It's yeah, not them white folks. No, it's not them. No, it ain't them. So no, you know, I, I've realized. So every time I walk into any store and I see somebody not wearing a mask, I, I almost want to ask them. So are you voting for Trump again? I almost want to ask. Yeah. Them. <laughs> you could, I mean, honestly, you can tell who. Who doesn't believe this thing is real? I mean, right. and where oh, do you yeah. get that message oh, yeah. from, though? That messaging comes from Fox, right? Mm-hmm. That and, this is not real. And the other thing is, is if you're not going to wear a mask, if you forgot a mask, at least practice social distancing instead of getting all up in people's faces. But I'm wondering, would it be assault if a person with the COVID um, intentionally blew in some bad cops' faces? I wonder. Well, if you do it in the... <laughs> If you do it in the cops' faces, yeah. But if you just do it in a regular citizen's face, Hypothetic, no, hypothetically no, speaking, you know. I, I think I think you'd probably be up for a Nobel Prize if you could do that. If you could, if you could get him to do that, I think they get a Nobel Prize for that one. That yeah. would be a good look. So maybe uh, we we can get as many asymptomatic people together to go out and protest and and get arrested for misdemeanor offenses and blow some air in blow some, some cops' faces. Face. That's it. So here's what Rudy Giuliani said, y'all. Your boy. Black Lives Matter is going to take away your property and give it to black people. Mm. They'll also get to choose the property that they want, and that's the reparations for slavery. Except it'll include black people that come from the Caribbean. We need to, okay, all the black people who are from America, <laughs> right. step to the left. All the white people from America, step to the left. Oh man, come on, man, really? Yeah, I, that's why you. That's why you gotta love your boy, man. You know, he never ceases to amaze me. He's the president's friend. He man. never Bird, ceases to birds amaze of me. a feather, man. Birds of a feather. He never ceases to amaze me. Mm-hmm. I mean, I never forget doing the um, doing nine uh, eleven. He said, this is the time we all have to stick together. <laughs> and in the same speech, he out he do, he dogging black folks indirectly. Yeah. Right? But we all gotta stick together right now. Yeah. Uh, well, yeah. that that's why that's why yeah. I'm so critical yeah. about criminal justice and criminal justice reform, man, because I mean, clearly criminal justice reform ain't going to happen on a large scale but secondly when you when you have white supremacists that are that are making the decisions that are making the laws that are telling us telling us what to do clearly when you have them doing that don't be surprised when they make decisions that are that are discriminatory or racist i mean what do you expect from racist <laughs> i mean yeah, you know what i'm yeah. saying why are we surprised that racist people do racist things we shouldn't we be shouldn't be i mean but i think for me Whenever you talk about criminal justice, it's like anything else, right? It's mm-hmm. economic. So think about how many white people you put out of work if you really fix a system that's broken. They, they ain't letting that happen. Black bodies are the new cotton. But, I, but, I'm but sorry, that's I, always the know, case for us. We I, talked I about know. that yesterday. We I, all, yeah. I mean, so you remember the task force when we had when we had what was it? Um, was it last year? Year before last? When when Hutchinson put together the task force, Governor Hutchinson put together the task force. You talking about on the crime, um, the all white task force to help uh, black crime? Man, I'm trying to think of 
That was a that was a task force in effect when when Hudson got into office. No, remember, no, he did this. It's a racial profiling task force, no, but I, did I didn't know he had done one later. He did one later. You remember after we went down to the city board? When we went down to the city board in May. Yeah. Was it 18, 17? I can't remember now. Must have been eight. I want to say it had to be 18. 18. Yeah. So he puts together this uh, this criminal justice. He put together this task force. You remember that? No. You don't remember it? I missed Not that one. one person on the task force I completely was missed that one. Not what was one? the name of the task force? Though? I don't remember. It was a it was some crime task force he put together. Yeah, no, Supposedly, I'm not familiar with that. It was based on the crime. You know, we had that meeting. Uh, I want to say it was the end of May, where we were all down there. That's it. That's that's when your that's when your boy was still here. What's his name? Um, Buckner. When Buckner was still here, and Buckner even came up and said to the whole board. I can put a cop on every corner. It won't reduce crime. And guess what? They, and guess what they said. Guess what they said after he said that. Imagine what they would have said. I would have said. So why do you say that? You know what they said. So when y'all gonna have more police officers? <laughs> every last one of them asking almost in concert, right? But that's my point. I mean, to them that doesn't resonate. I'm serious. Police are police are only put here for one reason. You have to understand who they are and why they are. White people are scared of black people and they feel that the great equalizer is the police department. <laughs> That's their own personal police department. White people are scared of black men. Well, they, they don't they don't mind women. beating the hell out of some black women, but they they're yeah, afraid they'll, they'll of black men. But yeah. again, the like one, blue lives matter. Here's here's your point. We don't even say that. One crazy. one of one of my black uh one of my uh, black faculty is going to be uh, police were created to catch runaway slaves and protect white society from black revolts. Yeah. Hello. Yeah. I'm just letting y'all know. And that's what's happening now, right? That's exact. That's this whole law and order thing by by Donald Trump and, and, and William Barr. Well, I think it's important. We're gonna protect the whites. We gotta protect them. We gotta protect our white women. But I I really feel that this that. That we had a great, we started, we started a great movement, but the movement has been co-opted by your qualified immunity and all this other stuff. Yeah, yeah. the movement's been co-opted. And our movements always get co-opted. But see, that that's one of the things that we have to talk more about is we have to talk more about what our response is going to be, uh, because we know the system is not going to change as much as we pray for it to change and work for it to change. It's not going to change, and so how do we protect the lives of black people? And the only way to protect our lives. Uh, regardless of what everybody's saying and most a lot of the preachers are preaching and teaching the only way that we're going to protect our people from being physically harmed by racist people is to respond with self-defense and violence are you saying that, violence? Is the, that is whoa 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 no no, no whoa hold on see i i i, I he a preacher i just can't go and I, he brought god I, in here I, with i, 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 I wish i wish my brothers and sisters that I, labor in the I, gospel would stop telling people I, to I turn the other cheek you gotta stop doing that what does the word you gotta stop doing what does the word say the word say you gotta Turn the other cheek. Turn the other cheek. Yeah, seven that's not, times. But that's, seven. Not, that's not what that means. The, the word says. That's not what that means. That ain't what that means. It's not what the that word means. says. This brother looking more and more well, like Malcolm X every day. <laughs> I mean, just real talk, though, man. We got to. The criminal justice system is not going to change. Bad cops are going to keep killing us. Ms. So Rizzi how do we? Here. Bad cops are going to keep killing us. So how do we protect ourselves, man? It ain't. I mean, it's, it's serious business. Says, That's a good point. If, the if word you, says, I agree with that. If pray you, for your brother. At, who at one time, I said when we were talking eye. about when we were talking about Starks. At one time, I said that you know 
we all need to know what he looks like. Right. Because if he pulls you over, you have to be concerned and may have to make a decision as to whether or not you go home or he goes home. Yeah. Yeah. And and if there's a choice, I'm going home. I'm and and, and, and until judged by twelve, not carried by six. Until our people start to preach it and start to teach what is the, the what is the the truth, right. then our people will continue to be victimized. I agree. But when we defend ourselves, self legal self defense. When we defend ourselves, and they see that we're willing to defend ourselves, they are more likely to leave us alone. I don't disagree. Not with completely that. I don't or entirely, but they are disagree. less likely to continue to do on the scale that they are, what they've been doing to I us. Totally and that's agree. why we've got to stop doing that because we're, we're really setting our people up to be victimized. It's just like when we were growing up in our generation anyway. Uh, if there was a fight, you got into a fight with somebody, you know, and you didn't want to, or they've tried to fight you and right. you didn't want to fight and your mom and daddy found out or your mama found out, then, yeah, you was getting ready to have to go back and fight. You got to go back and fight. Uh, because if you don't, then that same person going to whoop your butt whenever they get ready whenever to. Get ready. But even if, else. even if they fight you and you fight back and they win, they are still less likely to attack you next time. And the reason is because if you hurt them just a little bit, they understand what pain feels like. Right. And until we show the criminal justice system what pain feels like, they're not going to change. No, they have no, they we have, have no to show change, them right? what pain feels like. And they if they're not going to make any laws to hold police bad cops accountable, if they're not going to make any laws to, to, to hold them liable, to get rid of them, then the only other thing that we have, the only other option we have is to show them the same pain that they're showing us legal self-defense i'm not talking about breaking any laws i'm talking about if you know there's a bad cop and you know you ain't done nothing wrong and that bad cop becomes threatening toward you right. then you need to protect yourself i agree because once you hit a couple of bad cops over the head they are less likely to mess with people that look like you yeah. so for example if a light-skinned brother hit a bad white cop over the head <laughs> then they might leave the rest of the light-skinned brothers alone. <laughs> that's, uh, that's what I'm trying to say. Rizzy, Rizzy. <laughs> Look, so here Rizzy is doing. I think if we need, need to pray to be, for him. If you need yeah. me to be specific, you then that's specific. what I'm saying. Okay. Well, yeah. We're we, we going to pray about it. We're going to pray We're gonna pray and fight yeah, and not necessarily in that order. We're going to pray and fight. I totally agree with you. I totally agree with you. But I think the thing here, I'm totally down with violence. I'm totally down with that. But unfortunately – it's only like six of us who are down with it. It's only six right. of us because everybody else want to pray and everybody else believes if we do all this other stuff, then something will change. And right? keep being victimized, man, well, because, for centuries. Because it's, I think for some people it's comfortable because they can pretend like it's really not happening, right? And I think, I think the other thing is, I mean, you know, when you start talking about violence, people realize violence means death. Right. And at what point are you, not, are, you tired of, are, you, are you tired of seeing your people go through this? Because like I told Dave, I can't watch those videos no more. Right, man. right. That's like me dying. Mm. That's like watching me or my kid be shot by police. Those, mm. I mean, yeah, are they, do they look exactly like my kid? No. But they look like my kid. They black. Yeah. They black boys. But see, I think black that's men. I think that's a good, excellent point that you make, though, Robert. Is that we understand pain because we felt the physical felt pain. It. Yeah, yeah. They don't understand pain because they have not felt the they physical felt pain. It. They haven't felt it. And so once they're in fear, not just to say I'm in fear for my safety. Once we really put bad cops in fear for their safety, mm -hmm. bad cops gonna either leave or they're gonna try to fly right. Yeah. 
at on. least for the light skinned brothers that knocked him over the head. <laughs> now you dark skinned like, dark skinned brothers, if y'all don't hit them, hit the bad cops over the head, then yeah, y'all still gonna be victim. Y'all still gonna be whooped. <laughs> y'all still I, I think if y'all light skinned brothers hit them one time, I think we all good. I think, I think it covers us all. We all good. They be like, hey, you know what? If that light skinned cat, because they ain't supposed to, them ain't supposed to be the fighters. We can't mess with the dark skin. You know, let me put emphasis on this. I'm not talking about breaking any laws. I'm not talking right, right, about right. I'm not talking about condoning or initiating the act of violence. I'm talking about legal self-defense, man. Um, because there's no rule that says it's against the law to kill a bad cop that's trying to kill you. Right. There's no right. law. Now, they're going to lock you up because you're black. They're going to do it. This, this is but of course. Yeah. the reality is, in black and white, there is no law that says if a bad cop, who I know to be bad, is trying to kill me, that I cannot kill him in self-defense. I totally agree. And so it is fair to do that. And until we start to inflict the pain on them that they are inflicting on us, I'm not talking about the good cops or the decent cops, until we inflict, the, until we inflict the pain on the bad cops, the same pain that they're inflicting on us, until we do that, they're going to continue to inflict that pain. Even if some of us end up dead, even if some of us end up going to prison, Right? right? We have still set an example that the rest of our people can follow. And they ain't going to never know when the next light-skinned brother going to knock one of them over the head. No, I, I might be I in prison. Disagree. I might be in prison for life. But they ain't going to, gonna, I'm telling you, they're going to be doing double takes on whether or not to pull over light-skinned Negroes. <laughs> I'm just saying. I don't disagree with you. But I'm again, just saying. Because that's I'm, what they call it, Negroes. You know that, though. Right? I don't know. I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm, with, I'm, with the, I'm with the violence all the way through, legal or otherwise. Because, I, I, I mean, I, the one thing America respects more than anything is violence. I mean, how did America get its freedom from England? Yes, sir. Violence. violence. Yeah. I mean, terrorists. If you look at every, if you look at every group in this country that has the respect of America, look at the Indians. The Indians fought back. If you look at uh, even even the Chinese. I mean, if if you look at everybody who's fought America, America doesn't treat them the same way, right? But we've never fought back. We we wanted to have peace, peaceful protests. Am I saying it's a bad thing? No. But I am saying, had we had we mixed it with a little violence, maybe we'd have some different outcomes. That's and, it. and I agree. But here, here's part of the problem is that we have people that look like us in positions of authority that are continuing, and you hit on this, that are continuing to preach that same watered-down passive version of resistance. And it just does not work. It does work for them. Well, it, it does you, work you, for you're them. right. No, you're it right about that. It keeps them. It that's keep, why right. they get no, the you're positions right about they that. get. Because, yeah. I mean, yeah, you're right. It's crazy. That's why they get the positions they get, because they're supposed to be sent out to the masses to say, hey, Negroes, I'm the, I've been appointed the head Negro by, by Mr. Whitey. Sit your ass down. Right. We can't do this right now. I don't want to lose my job. So y'all sit down. And that's that's what's happened. But but we've act to some to, to a great degree we've acquiesced to these people because whenever they come out and say whatever they say what do we do we sit down I mean because right now you got you got these people talking about criminal justice and and I'm sitting here thinking to myself what does qualified immunity have to do with the police Dave Coleman I'm getting ready to tell you that's our next okay that's Dave next go ahead I'm okay. I'm ready so let's was that a okay. great segue okay uh, yes it was, it was I'm re I'm ready to hear this day uh, this is a story about a young man who was uh, killed back in 2016 in Dallas mm -hmm. okay and uh, his name was Tony Tempo mm -hmm. okay all right 
Hispanic and, or black? Uh, he was, I guess he was Hispanic, but okay. uh, on August 10th, 2016, Tony Temple called 911 asking police to help him because he had a history of mental illness and he was off his medication. The police arrived. Temple was already handcuffed by a private security guard and was sitting peacefully on the sidewalk mm. after police helped him, uh, asking police to help him. Instead of receiving help, however, police would mock Temper and joke as they squeezed the life out of him. For years, the family has been fighting for justice, and this week they found out it will not come. According to a report in the Dallas News, a 27-page ruling, the U.S. District Judge David Godby granted the officer's motion for summary judgment in the case of Tony Temper. The unarmed Rockwall man died in 2016 from sudden cardiac death due to the toxic effects of cocaine and psychological stress associated with physical constraint, according to court records. The court granted the officers, four of whom remain on the force, qualified immunity for their role in his death. Because there had not been a clearly established incident ruled unconstitutional of cops squeezing the life from a man as they mocked him, qualified immunity was the easy way for cops to get a pass. Okay, so we're going to have this conversation yet one more time, right? Okay, as I continue, hang on, there's more. Okay. There, there's more, okay. Police accountability, this is a separate story. Uh, this story is out of Connecticut. Uh, police accountability hinges on qualified immunity. The police accountability bill raised in the wake of George Floyd's death could hinge on the question of whether or not police officers can be held personally liable in civil court for their misconduct on the job. Qualified immunity as defined in the last section of, a dra of the draft bill proposed earlier this month would allow people who have been wronged or injured by police to bring civil lawsuit and punitive damages. Qualified immunity hasn't existed the way it exists for a long time. Most of last year week's hearing on the bill hinged on the issue. The concept has evolved not through legislation, but through a series of court cases that established the concept of qualified immunity for officers. We didn't even have qualified immunity before 1967. It's a 2001 case and a 2009 case combined that make it almost impossible to penetrate qualified immunity, when, uh, said Winfield. Winfield doesn't believe changing qualified immunity would stop people from going into law enforcement and that it's necessary to include. I think the consequences portion of the bill are what make the bill. Should we pass it? Something that the people who made the bill can believe in. So you keep making this specious argument about qualified immunity doesn't matter when all of the people who write the laws, lawyers, defense attorneys, judges, everybody point to the fact 
that qualified immunity is one of the problems because what people fail to realize is that even though I can sue a police officer, I can't sue him personally. Yes, you can. They win unqualified immunity. That's why it <clears throat> never goes through. But, Dave. If you get rid of qualified immunity, when I sue that cop personally, they will not be able to hide behind qualified immunity. That's the point. I don't know why you can't get that, Robert. You call yourself a smart black guy, but sometimes you're dumb as a box of rocks. <laughs> All right, I like that. I'll give you that one. All right, so here it is, Dave. Okay. Plain and simple. All right. They're saying that you can't sue cops, right? Yeah, you can. Yeah, you can. Mm -hmm. And it's, it's been done, mm -hmm. right? So When was the last time one lost? Josh Hastings lost in 2015. He lost a personal suit? Yeah. And he's, he's, he's paying how much? What, they do what everybody else do. They file bankruptcy. Okay. But, but you're missing my point here, Dave. In some cases, I can't, I can't speak to those cases. Mm -hmm. But I can speak to every case in Little Rock. Okay. Every case in Little Rock where qualified immunity did not exist. Mm -hmm. Mr. Ellison's death, it didn't exist. Right, it did, but it, it Bobby Moore's Bobby Moore's and Bobby Moore's case, it wasn't it wasn't a, it, it wasn't applicable. It did, and it, it's applicable in all police cases. But so, Dave, to, tell me, tell me how? It, no, 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 no. Because if what you're saying is correct, mm -hmm. qualified immunity is, is this huge problem, mm -hmm. right? That gets us on down the road. Mm -hmm. Now, this is the problem. This is what I want to bag up to because I want to make sure people understand what I'm saying. Okay, when we start talking about unarmed men being shot by the police. You're talking about the very end of the spear. I'm talking about how can we do it before they even get there. Mm, okay. And again, we go back to these policies within police departments, right? That if a guy commits, a, if a guy commits egregious act against a citizen, as long as he doesn't do another thing for a year, he can keep kicking butt as long as he wants to, as mm -hmm. long as he doesn't do it again for a year, right? But that's separate from qualified immunity. Yeah, but again, qualified immunity is at the end. I got to kill you first to get the qualified immunity. I ain't got to kill you first no, you to get rid to of them. Me. You can beat me and still hide on hide back. But again, let's back back. up. Let's back up now, because okay. I don't want us to. I don't want us to start Republican doing Republican speak here. Okay. Are we talking about how to stop unarmed black man from being killed by the police? Is that is that the purpose of all these movements? Right. Mm -hmm. How do mm -hmm. we stop that from happening? Mm -hmm. Right. Now everybody wants to tell me now the way we stop it is let them get sued. Rizzy, Rizzy, I'm gonna ask you, Rizzy. Of the police officers who've been killed in Lure, of the of the people who've been killed in Little Rock, Rizzy, maybe maybe I'll ask you Arkansas because you do more state stuff than I do. People who've been killed statewide, Rizzy, if you don't mind, tell us how many cases have been kicked out because of qualified immunity. Think think real hard, Rizzy. Just take your time. Don't rush and answer right away. We we have to define the word case. See. What happens is when police officers are sued, they also sue this. They sue the city. police officers in their individual and in their official capacity. Exactly. So basically, they're treating one person as two people. Two people. Uh, and so, um, uh, when they ask for summary judgment for an individual in the individual capacity, then they're basically asking the court uh, to not hold you liable, right, personally, from your own pockets, right. Uh, and so when we talk about that, then probably uh, I would say 99.9% .9 of the cases uh, where an officer has been asked to uh, uh, or granted qualified immunity in Arkansas has been granted. 
Um, Say that again, because see, Robert don't get that. I mean, no, that, no, that's no, no, that's, no, that's, that's yeah, that, that's on, the real deal. No, 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 no. Now no, no. the individual. Now, now, what happened? No, qualified hold on, hold immunity was Wait a second, there. you ain't listening. No, wait a second, keep going. Really. Yeah, but it, it, here's the other thing. Now, hold on now. Even, even when an offer, even when an officer is not dismissed because of qualified immunity, uh, what happens is is the Arkansas Municipal League, which is the insurance company that covers uh, police for bad acts or municipalities for bad acts is that even in those cases, uh, the municipal league, the city's insurance policy or provider, still pays out that settlement. So, right. for example, if a, if a bad cop is sued successfully uh, in, in their own individual capacity, they're still not coming out of pocket right now because the Arkansas Municipal League, that insurance coverage, is still paying for the damages. And, and so, and, that's most and and so, what has to happen is a couple things have to happen. Number one, is that police departments have to include it in their contracts or in their policies and procedures that if a police officer is successfully sued in their individual capacity, that they're liable for that money, even if it mean, even if it means garnishing their check, mm -hmm. that they have to pay those damages. Another solution or another option is is to require police officers to obtain insurance, their own insurance, their own just like car insurance, insurance health insurance, yeah. that police officers be bonded individually coming out of their own pocket. Mm -hmm. So if, but this won't, this won't change anything because if the insurance company is the ones that's having to pay out, it's just like it's dealing with yeah. the municipal league. It's no different, right? But see, the only way to have direct impact is the is the departments to have police policies and procedures in place that actually What'd you hurt say? the What'd you officer. What you say? What you say? And, say it again. And, and they're not going to do it. I already know your point. Police departments are not going to do it because they know they have a hard time staffing, and they'll have an even more difficult time staffing, in their opinion, if they hold bad cops accountable. Because you're not just talking about bad cops, good cops, who I loosely described, good cops sometimes make true errors or real mistakes. Right. And those cops will also be held accountable individually if the right laws and rules are in place. And so when we talk about uh, being able to save lives or to protect citizens, citizens from bad cops, then we're also talking about the possible negative impact, and that is losing good cops as well. And cities are not interested in doing that, primarily because uh, they believe they need as many cops as possible to lock up black folks, because in their minds, black folks and brown folks and poor folks are all the criminals. And they need those cops, good and bad. Most departments want bad cops. I'm going to tell you something what, 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 what the public don't know. Bad cops, in the mind of police administrators, have a place in policing because there are certain people in the, in the criminal element that if they know they're dealing with a bad cop, then they're more likely to not do some of the things right. that they do because if they know a cop can do whatever they want to do to them, sometimes they're less likely to commit certain crimes. And so when we talk about administrators and whether or not they really, really want bad cops in their departments, the truth is, is that a lot of them do because they can depend on these bad cops to cross the line to try to keep people in check. Right. And so, again, the reality is 
I said it earlier, and, and I'll, I'll, I'll say it again, is there will be no substantial criminal justice reform to protect black people. It will not happen. Mm-hmm. Uh, par- in part because we're not registering to vote. We're not going to vote. We're not voting in people that may vote in our best interest. Uh, but not only that, mm-hmm. uh, the people that we vote in that we think are in our best interest sometimes really ain't voting in our best interest. Mm-hmm. And so mm-hmm. there's no mm-hmm. way to win this mm-hmm. fight. It, it, there's not. And so now uh, taking away the qualified immunity protection is a, is, a, is, a, is a step in the right direction. Uh, but couple that with us legally defending ourselves against bad cops and some other things that we can do. You said it earlier, Robert. Incentive. We have to incentivize cops to stop being bad. Well, I, I, I totally agree with that. Also, those, policy, those policies and procedures within police departments have to be changed. Yeah, absolutely. Because, I mean, if you look at the history absolutely. of cops who, who shoot unarmed black men, these, these dudes have a history yes, sir. of abuse. But they're still there. They're still in the building. They're still doing their thing. Uh, well, you also have to consider this, and I know my union folks are probably going to you know, get a chill when I say this, but uh, police unions, uh, I don't support them. I support, I support unions in general, the concept, because uh, unions take care of workers. They really do. The downside is police unions take care of all workers, including the bad workers, the issue with that is, mm-hmm. is that here's, f- for example, if you've got a, a bad teacher um, that's making some mistakes, then yeah, they they may you know Im- negatively impact the education of some of some students for a period of time if they are protected by the union. But teachers are not killing students, right? Cops are killing people. Right. <laughs> and so when unions protect bad cops, then they are condoning and complicit in the execution of innocent, unarmed black people. And so I said this on, on, on the number two show at Power Justice Broadcast. I, I said this on the number two show here. And I, what I said is. I think your mic just went out. I cut my mic out. What 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 I what I said is, is that one of the first things or one of the things that Frank Scott should do, is to decertify, stop negotiating, rip up the contract with FOP. We well, can't rip it up. Rip but he it can't, up. But he can say I'm but, no longer going to uh, no longer going to negotiate with him. Exactly. When and then the next, and, and out, then, it, yeah. And December, then, December, I think it's December 19th of 2020. And, and so, oh, so that's this year. It, it's coming this up. Year, yeah. Yeah. Well, they, and they're so, going to start negotiating a new contract here in a couple of months. Though. Yeah, but see, this is the only time that the police will sit down and talk to Frank nicely. Mm-hmm. Right. The rest of the time, they're trying to execute him and well, chief of police. I'm, I'm a, but see, when what, what has to happen is, is Frank Nim cannot be uh bamboozled by these guys nice conversations during these negotiations well, and they have to stop well, negotiating until until right two things happen okay number one every police officer that lives outside of little rock commits to moving into north to commit to moving into little rock within you, the next year give them time uh-uh, wait that, wait you, you can negotiate that. that you can't do 
You can negotiate that. And if they agree to it, yeah, it's a done deal. They don't have to agree, but you can negotiate it. And so require all police officers in the city of Little Rock to move into Little Rock within the next year. Hell, give them two years. And that all future police officers live within the city of Little Rock. Now, and, and then secondly, is that they agree to giving enforcement or decision-making authority to the Citizens Review Board as it relates to discipline up to termination, but also as it relates to liability and having their own bonded insurance companies that police officers are held accountable for their actions. And if Frank can negotiate that and meet somewhere in the middle, then whatever. Oh, you think Little Rock Police is going to go on strike? Oh, of course not. How many of us think that Little Rock Police Department are going to go on strike if Frank Scott does not negotiate with them? Them guys ain't going nowhere. And, and what it might do, it, actually, it might actually help citizens. Because what they'll do is, is they'll come in, they'll clock in, they'll go sit in the parking lot, and they won't arrest nobody. I'm all for that. And so if Frank decides not to negotiate or not to renew the contract with the, uh, with the FOP, then worst case scenario, FOP get pissed off and tell their people not to arrest nobody. And that benefits black folks and brown folks and poor folks. When the music starts, that means that we got to wrap up on this show. I'm just saying, I know you man. don't do that on your show. I'm just saying, Dave. we do it on our show. I'm okay? trying to bring you up in the ratings. <laughs> I'm trying to get you to number so, two and a half. Riz, that means you need to be quiet. The music. <laughs> I'm going to kill your mic in a moment. I'm trying to get okay? you to two and a half. I'm just letting you know. Hey, hey man, why is something I show? He thinks it's a two and a half. Because he's jealous, that's all. <laughs> two and you know, a half? It's kind of like white people hating on black people. They know they weren't the first, so they got to hate on the black people. Uh, two and a half. Look, that there hurt because he called. Uh, look, yeah. I think he just called me something I didn't want to be called, man. Yeah. That means one of us got to be black, the other got to be white. And I love my good I love my saying. good brothers Rizzi. and sisters that are who white. Is the, who is the uh, grand? But I love being black more than I love anything. Rizzi, Rizzi, the music is playing. You can hold your comments to the next. I'm hour. just saying, Dave. Just, just hang on. <laughs> I'm looking out for <laughs> we, you. We, we have two hours on this show. Next time you insult me, okay. don't insult me so close to your break. Oh yeah. Now go on, make your money. Uh, oh, and I forgot your bodyguard <laughs> over there. Go on, make your money. She, she kind of stood up a little bit. Look. Oh, Dave, she did. You see, Rizzi? That what I was saying. That what? Like, hey, don't get, don't get ignorant up in here. We keep these uh, guns. Hey, we'll be back in a moment, okay? Business owner, can I talk to you for a moment? How many people have come up to you and said, hey, I didn't know you had a business? Yeah, that can happen when you don't advertise. I have a solution for you. Advertise on joinetradio.com and let the world know that you're in business. I know what you're thinking. Advertising is so expensive. I've got a great package for you that will cut your expense and increase your bottom line. It's only $125 for startup and new businesses. Call me, David W. Coleman, at 615-554-0568, and I'll put together a package specifically for your business. 
now is the time to tell the world, hey, I'm in business. Come spend your money on quality goods in my store. Let us help you at joinedradio.com. Here's the number. Call me, 615-554-0568. We are here to assist you in building your brand. Serving the families of Clark County and the surrounding area since 1966, it's Mitchell Funeral Home. Understanding that a funeral is a celebration of life, the entire staff of Mitchell Funeral Home takes great pride in the caring, personal, and professional service they offer. Cremations, funeral plannings, burial policies, life insurance, notary, and monument sales are a few of the services we offer. Mitchell Funeral Home, Arkadelphia, 870-246-2611. Mitchell Funeral Home quality you can appreciate, service you can depend on. I'm going to give you a secret. One of the most important keys in the kingdom for living financially free is the principle of management. Having a credit crunch on uncertain financial future? Boss up your credit score with Wealthlux Credit Solutions. $99 down, $99 per month. That's Wealthlux Credit Solutions. We can help you with bankruptcies, late payments, public records, judgments, evictions, foreclosures, identity theft, and medical bills. Call now for a quick response. 501-352-1778. Go digital and get debt free. WealthLuxConcierge.com. Text credit at 501-352-1778. For every no, your credit will be the key to your yes. WealthLuxConcierge.com. Boss up your credit score with WealthLux Credit Solutions. $99 down, $99 per month. For WealthLux Credit Solutions. Listen. Did you miss Dr. Ernest Gill from UT San Antonio? When you're making $455 million off these student-athletes, and all you can come up with is $5,000, John Calipari makes $8 million a year, and his players are going to get $5,000 a year. The majority of these teams were, were white men and white white males and females. Would this be happening? And I would say no, because their families wouldn't let it happen. But we're letting our kids get pimped. Join the weekly sports magazine every Saturday, 8 to 10 a.m. on joinedradio.com. You got it. England and East Little Rock's answer to your aggravation. The Joy Network. The views and opinions expressed today on Black Focus Radio are not the views and opinions of the station, its management, or its advertisers. Now, let's get ready to focus on our issues, our solutions, using our voices on Black Focus Radio. Welcome to Black Focus, the show designed with our community in mind, where we focus on our issues, developing our solutions, using our voices. Central Arkansas, surrounding areas, and the nation. Get ready. Black Focus starts right now. Phone lines open at 855-525-5683. So here's your host, David W. Coleman and Robert Webb. All right, welcome back to the show. Dave Coleman, you, Robert Webb in the house. Do I need to turn right, your mic ahead, off? Man. I mean, we are. Go ahead, Dave. It's your show, man. We are trying to do a show here. Go ahead, Dave. It's you your show. My bad. My bad. Robert, Lord, not Robert, 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 just along for the ride. You go ahead, Dave. Yeah, they do your thing. Uh, we're here Monday through Friday noon. Joinedradio.com. Go out to the website. Dave. Don't worry about the mule, man. Just worry about the wag. 
That's all you need to worry about, player. Don't worry about the mute. Go ahead, Dave. Ignore you, man. When, just when ignore you him. Let Go the ahead. Professional radio person. Oh, Go ahead, Dave. Do the professional radio intro to the show. It's your show, mind? man. Please Go ahead. Dave. I mean, I let y'all talk. Damn near the whole hour last Please, time. Dave, we said you yeah. could talk, man. I let you man. talk the whole hour almost yeah. every show. We said you could talk, Dave. Go ahead and talk. Oh, it's your Lord show, brother. Mercy. Give me strength. Look, Give now he strength. don't want to talk. He done done all that arguing yeah. about talking. Now he ain't got nothing to say. So, uh, But anyway, go out to the website and download the Joinet Radio app. That way you can uh, carry us everywhere you go. We are on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube. And if you miss any part of the show... You can catch the podcast uh, after the show, and you can rewind or fast forward or do whatever you want to do with it and yeah. send it off to your friends. So now that the the reset, that's radio lingo. <coughs> y'all, I know y'all are amateurs. And Novices, this. man. We know. Yeah, yeah. I understand. Novices. Come on. Look, now look that, this up, Grandpa. But now that the reset has been done for the show, what y'all want to talk about? I want to know what you're going to do about these bad cops in Little Rock okay, that's hitting got, us over okay, the head. So, that's what I want to know. Uh, I have some other headlines because, you know. Uh, he don't care about black folk. He don't like black people. He don't Go on to your headlines, he, please. He's scared of the popo. Go on man. to your headlines. I'm, I'm sorry. Dave's scared of the popo. That's what's wrong with I'm Dave. I'm trying to do a credible, real radio show. Well, come on, do you your know, show, man. So You're wasting time, we Dave. You do have headlines. You're wasting time, Dave. Do your show, Dave. Get back to the conversation. Why? Why? That's kind of how this works, girls and boys. You gonna you gonna get into the show, Dave? Okay, how can I soar? What with, you gonna talk about? How can I soar with eagles <laughs> when I work with turkeys? <laughs> how can hey, I? Hey, Paw Paw, come on, know. come on, Paw Paw. All right, so uh, I don't know if y'all happened to see what happened on Capitol Hill the other day when uh, AOC was called an effing B. Oh yeah, white Republican, white male Republican. And yeah. uh, now he's trying to apologize. But see, this is why I like AOC, because she ain't accepting it. He said he didn't put his finger in her face, though. Yeah, that's what he's saying now. But there were too many witnesses who saw him do what so, he did. So, I got one question, though. As a black man, why do I really care? Okay, because that that, that I need you to help me understand. Because that, I gotta tell you, that, that Hispanic woman that, 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 is that, doing yeah, a yeah. lot for I'm black with people. Like what? Yeah. Like and what? she's fighting. Like what? She's fighting. No, see, no, 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 no. Bag, bag it up, player. Like you did me yesterday with Stacey Abrams. Break it out, player. Don't just come up in here with no, no conjecture. Break it out. Look, doing I, a lot of. Look, I like Stacey. I like Stacey. I like Stacey Abrams too. But I'm gonna tell you something about about Cortez. Is that. She's only. She's only. I need th you to break this out. one part. Is I don't true. need conjecture. No, th I need this one. Fact. This one part I'm, is true about politics and legislation. Is that she's only one voice, but most politicians will not allow their voice to be heard publicly if it goes against the grain. And she's at least willing to say what she wants to say, regardless of of what the consequences are, regardless of what the what the reaction is from from her peers. She's gonna say what she got to say, and I like that, man. I do. I like that. All right. Again, I'm gonna ask y'all what is she now. Done Dave, the one says she done done some stuff I'm, for black I'm people. That's Dave. what Dave That's said. What I'm waiting on Dave to produce, I said I like it. her because she is outspoken and she's not scared okay. to say what she believes. I agree with in. That's that. That's why I, I do I like, like that. But Dave, yeah. what you got, bro? Don't just come on up. You, come on, dog. Come on, dog. You started this yesterday, so you you don't get a pass. I didn't get a pass. <laughs> I'll wait. <laughs> I'll wait. Rizzy, would you like to talk about something else while Dave does his research? Uh, look, it's going to be a minute. Look, Robert, since you're the co-host. <laughs> it's going to be a minute. If you would give me the authority to I, talk about something, I'd I, be glad to talk I, about I, something. It's going to be a minute. You know, I, re I really hurt your it's feelings. It's going to be a while. 
No, because you try. How you gonna try I'm, to knock Stacy really out? How you gonna try I'm to knock with, Stacy out? I'm with Stacy Abrams, we for vice st- president. We had I'm with show, what three times? I'm and you gonna with, try to knock out man. Girl out? I'm with Stacy for vice president. I'm All with the her. way. I'm with him. That's the yeah. only way I vote for Joe Biden. He put anybody else on that ticket. I'm done. <laughs> I'm done. done. I'm not with that either, I'm though. Not Rob. With it, man. I'm not with <laughs> it. If we can't go out like else, no. look. We can't run. look. Trump already sending the feds to not kidnap people and not man. Exactly. We can't look. I don't care who Joe Biden, Joe Biden gets. To, Joe Biden can take Dave to the White House with him. He, he got my vote. That's not it. because I like Joe Biden, but because I know what that president is going to do and much worse because I'm going to tell you something. If he gets reelected, he's going to think that validates him and what he is doing to us, man. If he gets reelected, yeah. you ain't seen nothing yet. Hello. I agree. I got my and so hand even on. if he take Dave hand. Coleman to the White House, look, I'm good with that because I, I know that Dave is easy to be <laughs> manipulated <laughs> by, by white really? folks like Biden, really? so I know Biden really? can keep him in check, man. <laughs> I got my hand up. Okay. When I when I put my hand up, that means shut up. My bad. I'm okay. sorry. Dave. All right. I'm just saying. Look, I'm put my head down. These, Come on, Papa. These are headlines. <laughs> okay. Are, are you going? But are you going to produce some effort? Are you going to produce something? Or you I, just going? You just going to throw it out? Can I finish my head? Okay. Go ahead. Okay. <laughs> All right. Go ahead. Go ahead. I, I, you know, I format this show to act like a real radio show. Okay. Go ahead. Finish up then. Then you should probably got a real co-host. <laughs> 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 you gonna take that, you probably, Robert? He probably. I ain't saying I'm he ain't good. Yeah, I'm just saying. I'm, I'm just, just saying he shots, ain't what man. you talking about. That's all. I'm, I'm just saying. taking the shots, man. You know, I'm just taking the shots. Everybody want to take a shot. At, they always want to take a shot at the brother at the top. I ain't mad. I ain't mad. I can't get mad about that. Come on, Rizzy. Come on, Dave. Take more shots. I think he has a point, Dave. Come on, man. I, I ain't mad at y'all. Take a shot point, at the brother man. at the top. At the end of the day, everybody I still wants have to be headlines. a top dog, man. Oh, will you, whenever at, you want to finish, at, man. at the end of the but, day. But let me ask you this question. Then you can finish your headline. Uh, uh, Are you going to produce anything to now, quantify man. your statement that your girl is. I thought this is, was a real show, man. That your girl is doing stuff for black folks. Are you going to do anything? No. Okay. Okay. Can we move on? So, so will you come back now and say that you cannot you cannot substantiate that? So therefore, it does not. You always got to go the extra mile, don't it, Dave? Can, <laughs> can, can, I, can I do my headlines? <laughs> go ahead. Can I do my headlines? Go ahead. Just long okay. as long as we just long as you will acquiesce. Go ahead. Mm-hmm. Do you acquiesce? They were given. Don't do it, Dave. He does. Don't do it. He does. They were no, given don't do food, it. shelter, and clothing. Who is they? Mississippi State. Statue statue meeting falls off the rails after woman defends slavery. That's what I said. That's what she mm. was saying. Who? I hadn't seen that article. Okay. Yeah. Who AOC did that? Uh, AOC. Yeah. A Mississippi County meeting on Confederate monuments spiraled into chaos mm. after a woman defended slavery and slave owners. Lee County supervisors hosted the public meeting on the removal, removal of the monuments, but the event fell apart after local resident Patty Young was given approval to defend statue erected mm. in 1906 by the United Daughters of the Confederacy. By the way, a lot of people don't realize that the majority of those statues were put up by the Daughters of the Confederacy as they tried to change the narrative. People holler that those slaves were mistreated. This is Miss Patsy. None of us lived during those times. Those are just rumors. Mm. I really don't think we know the actual facts. They may have been, there may have been some that were mistreated. 
according to Miss Pat. Yeah, see, I would have turned that meeting out too. Slaves, <laughs> slaves, <laughs> hang on. Slaves were given <laughs> yeah. food, shelter, and clothing. Those slaves were worth a lot of money wow. to those owners. Wow. And therein wow. is one of the reasons that racism continues to thrive in America. That's not racism. That's just this is flat out wow. ignorance. Wow. It's just ignorance. That's racism. Okay. Call it what you want. Okay. All right. Can we, can we way, call it ignorant racism? <laughs> there you go. Okay. I mean, that's I just keep ignorant. you two separated, that's man. George, need a George Floyd's here, man. killer charged with tax fraud. Yeah. That, now, that's, that's a good story to talk about. Okay. Yeah. His estranged wife was also charged. Okay. Uh, just to give you a quick graph of this story. Fired Minneapolis police officer Derek Chauvin, who was charged with second-degree murder and killing George Floyd, has now been hit with nine felony charges of tax fraud in Washington County, Minneapolis. Chauvin is accused of filing false and fraudulent returns and three counts of failure to file tax returns. Can, can we talk about that just for a minute? Because sure, I want to point ahead. out, I want to point out a couple things. Uh, first of all. Uh, further down in the story, uh, you'll read that uh, that Chauvin, who executed George Floyd, that, that Chauvin, while sitting in jail, was on a jail phone talking and warning his wife that the police were looking into their taxes. That was an investigation. The, the, the thing is, is that uh, there were no other telephone calls recorded that police were telling him that somebody inside told him that he was being investigated, which means that the only way he could have known is if the people working in the jail or someone else from the department came in to tell him, warn him, right, that he was being investigated. Now, the other thing I want to point out is, is that, the majority of cops in Little Rock work sideline jobs and make a whole lot of money. And I guarantee that there are a lot of other cops that are in Little Rock and in other cities that are underreporting that money that they're making because some of those jobs are cash jobs. Mm -hmm. They're tax evasion, breaking the law by not reporting the extra money that they're earning while they are working. Those are the those. That's just a couple of things that I wanted to point out. The other thing is, is that Chauvin's daddy was the tax man. <laughs> wow. I kid you not. Wow. In the phone call with Chauvin's wife from the jail, wow. he asked. He it asked. He no told better. her. Wow. Chauvin's trying to speak in code, saying, "You know, let's let the people that been doing our taxes take care of this for us." And she says, "Well, they're already working on it." And she says something else to the, and this is not verbatim, but then his wife says something about, but we have to be careful because we don't want to get your dad, <laughs> your dad into too much trouble. Wow. <laughs> a couple of the headlines and we'll, we'll Protect and serve, Dave. There Protect and serve, man. There you go. Black woman Scary. says son was racially profiled while learning to drive in Little Rock. Yeah, I saw Have that. Have y'all heard this story? Yeah, I saw that. It's yeah. a it's an interesting story to say the least. Well, I got uh, criminal justice is my thing, Dave. So I need to point out one thing about that stop. Uh, black lady, black teenage son driving in Snall area, 
A white woman follows them around. Next thing you know, the police, Little Rock police, are pulling, pulling her son over. He's got his permit. Everything is good. They're legal driver training. Uh, gets pulled over. Um, uh, and then the officer says, well, we got some calls from some people that are concerned. And so we pulled you over. Y'all That's scared. against the Y'all law. That, that is a violation of a person's constitutional rights. Y'all scared good white To folks. pull a vehicle over without having probable cause. And a white woman calling 911 is not probable cause, except when you're dealing with racist cops. And I needed to point that out because it's very important. See, cops, cops pull people over all the time and make mm-hmm. contact with people all the time uh, under, under, under uh, false pretenses. Right. They'll say, well, uh, there was a robbery down the block, but if you go back and request the records from the police department There's and from no dispatch, robbery, yeah. wasn't no robbery down the block. Well, that was going to be my question. And Is so we're not, we, people are not following up. Do we know up? that there was an actual call, or was this cop seeing this young guy yeah deciding to be nosy and that that's another good question but the the mother did say that she noticed a white female following them around the neighborhood driving around following them around the neighborhood before she got pulled over and so the only way to to know that is to um is to request or foi the dispatch logs to find out whether or not that there was an actual call in dispatch here's the other thing and i don't know the mother uh but the mother made made this statement, and I wish our people would stop doing this. Uh, the mother made the mother made the comment. The mother made the comment by saying um, that she wished she knew the officer's name so they could thank him for being so nice. But I want I want to I want to just add something to that. Why she you wished Why she, you had to do that? she wished she knew the officer's name so she could thank him. For being so nice and violating and violating her constitutional rights. I want to thank rights. my oppressor. I want to and, thank and that, for oppressing. And and I'm not I'm not mad at her. I don't know her, mm. but our people need to stop doing that. We need to we need to understand. Mm. We need to realize. We need to understand. Mm. She's a good Christian. That when when our rights. She probably go to the first. We need to understand when our rights are violated and not be thanking people for violating our rights. No, I agree. See, because what that totally. does is her teenage son who got pulled over for no reason in the current environment, the current climate in society, yeah. what, what does that do to that young man's perception of the police and possible future interactions with the police? If he really believes that it's okay for a police officer to stop him just because, right? right? right. Then if a police officer does, in fact, violate his constitutional rights again, then he's going to be more accepting. He's going to be like, well, you know, mama, this, this mama thanked him right? for pulling us over. So, you know, whatever he does oh, to me, it ought to be thank, good. Thank you, sir, for beating my brains out. Yeah. And so, and I, again, I'm not mad at her. I understand people why are trying to be, be nice. Why people wouldn't you want, be mad? People are trying to be nice. Why people wouldn't want you be peace. mad, Rizzy? Because I don't, I don't know her. I don't want to be mad. I don't want to, I don't want to say anything to personally Rizzy, demean her. You and I both know that sends a message to the police that we can abuse them. We can abuse them. And they're going to be they're gonna thankful thank us for, for us. Yeah, they're going to be thankful for it. Yeah, and so that's why I wanted wanted to point that out. Um, but again, I want people. There, there may be some people listening that do know her, and if that's the case, uh, it, it's not about her. It's about the principle of the of the idea of when your rights are violated, that you are thanking, like Robert said, you're thanking your oppressor. It's inappropriate, and it teaches 
our children and it teaches our people the wrong thing. It teaches us to yeah. accept to be vic accept victimization, and we've got to stop doing that. All right, let's move on to another story. We can circle back to that one as well. This I is think one you of, like that. This is one of my favorite stories of the day. Uh, it, it was posted yesterday. Ex-lawyer launches the first black-owned stock exchange in the U.S. history. A black-owned stock exchange. What's the name of it? When we talk about white privilege, uh, in an interview with uh, Black, uh, black Enterprise, former attorney Josie Kala uh, discussed the Dream Exchange, a stock exchange he founded in partnership with Cadiz Capital Holding LLC, a minority-owned private equity firm. According to the Dream Exchange website, the company focuses on small business capital formation and diversity using the power of the American investing public. Mm -hmm. There you go. I think that's a great idea. Yeah. We've been talking about we need to do our own. Here is a now I know some of you black folks out there gonna say, Oh, it's black. Oh, he ain't gonna make no money. I ain't gonna invest him. He don't know what he doing. Shut up. We should bring him on the show. Um, uh, as a matter of fact, I'm looking to get him on the show. I think this is yeah. a great idea. Uh, it is taking control of your economics. And I just hope it's not like the black. I just hope it's not like the black TV station. Which black TV station? That's what I was. The about one JC Watts owns. Okay, what about it? You don't remember the black the uh, all black news station owned by JC Watts? Have you that? watched it? No, have you? No, JC Watts owns it. Why would I have to watch it? Well, I mean, don't don't. Why you would I have to watch it? Do you know who JC Watts is? Uh, he used to play running back for the Oklahoma Sooners. I thought he was a quarterback. Well, maybe he was a quarterback. They ran the wishbone. Yeah. Why, why okay. do I have to watch okay. it if so he's if he's you know, if he is also the, because he's a quarterback? You don't want to watch his TV station. Are you saying that? Let, let's just say that he would not have been kneeling with Kaepernick. That's all uh, he's trying to it. say. That's all day. He wouldn't have been dealing with uh, Dave, uh, Dave's homeboys. Yeah. Dave's homeboys. I, I, I of know, course, man. I know who J.C. Watts I, I know is. Okay, so why do I have to watch it there? Down, man. Why do you I, have to watch it? We're not talking about J.C. Watts. So when you see black people walk around without masks, you know that they watch the J.C. Watts show. <laughs> okay, you, you, you want to crap on the story? Is that what you're no, trying please, to do? No, please continue. Hey, I no, thought, I ain't yeah, crapping on the story. I'm just talking. I just said I hope it's not like that. You all have been negative the whole two hours. No, no, See, I like the idea of of a, a black owned stock, negative? stock exchange. I like that idea. And here y'all are of fact, crapping on this story. As a matter of fact, I might need to put some money into that uh, that, that stock exchange. Right, that's the whole Look at Rizzo. point. Rizzo said, I'm finna write a check, Flair. That's one saying, of the things. Man. Rizzo, write a check. I need a check. You I need to make, make some man. You got to yeah. find some investments, that's, man. That's you the man. The things hey, man especially with this, with this virus, man. We we need to be investing in something okay. for sure. So I, that's I for real. That was a great yeah, story. I don't disagree. I thought that was a Medicine, real estate. Also, another great story. Another great story. You know, when I start talking, that means y'all shut up. You mean, Dave. I'm trying to be nice. My, How can you not my bad, Papa. You know bad, what? Pawpaw. He don't be talking to them racist white folks like that, nah, though, he man. He don't talk to massive them uh, like that. Right, <laughs> right. But he gonna yell at us, man. You one of them kind. You one of them kind of black people, like huh? Okay. You gonna yell yeah. at the other black people, but the, when the racist, racist white folk get at your he face, then you all oh, calm. Yes, all no, all. Is that okay. what it is, okay. Dave? Step and fetch it. I'm sorry. I'm gonna shut I, up, Dave. I, Since I, you said shut up, I apologize. I'm gonna shut up, boss. 
Hi, boss. We sick, boss. <laughs> Another good story. Uh, Mississippi State running back Kylan Hill given the key to his hometown. Now, you may not know who Kylan Hill is, but I've talked about Kylan Hill and many black athletes who are making stands on their college campuses. Mm. It was Kylan Hill, who plays for Mississippi State, who grew up a few miles from Mississippi State, who said, by the way, as long as you have that Confederate flag, I will not play. And soon after that, here comes the SEC, the NCAA, Conference USA, and lo and behold, that flag was taken down. Now, regardless of what you feel about the symbolism of those flags and those monuments, got to take my hats off to this young black brother who took a stand and said, as long as that flag is flying, I'm not going to play. And he was given the key to his hometown. So hats off to him. Uh, uh, for taking a stand for black people in Mississippi. Comments? Anybody? Anybody? Comments? You got comments on a lot of other stuff. Boss, may we speak? Sure, go ahead. Nah, I pass. <laughs> <laughs> nah, I pass, boss. <laughs> I, ain't speak, understand. boy! I speak. keep telling you, man, you you all excited right now about all this. And I, and I, I, I can appreciate your enthusiasm. But, so, I'm tell, so, but I'm going to tell you something right now. Oh, I need you to understand. So you're going to crap on the young man. I'm not going to crap on the young man. I'm not even talking about what he said. I'm not even talking about him. But I'm going to let you know one thing. Mm-hmm. If they dribble a basketball or throw a football, I guarantee you these Negroes, they going to shut up. I guarantee. Because right now the eyes of the world are on everybody. Ain't nothing else to do. So all people got to do is watch news and protest. But I tell you, son. I tell you one thing. You let a basketball dribble or somebody throw a football, yeah, all this is over with. All of this is over. Oh, you're so negative. I'm just being truthful. Is he, is he leaving? He's leaving. Yeah, he's leaving. Yes. All right, see you later. <laughs> see you, Miss Josephine. Keep him straight. Miss Riz. Him. Come on, man. You're just so negative. Hey, man, at the end of the day, you know the truth. You're so negative. You, you know the truth. You're let me so let me ask you this though. No, let's, let's seriously. Let me ask you this though. Mm-hmm. Tamir Rice to me was probably the most egregious of all the shootings I've seen thus far. That was more egregious. I haven't seen George mm. Floyd video. I haven't seen the George Floyd video. No, I, I haven't seen the Philando Castillo there, video. There have been. Well, I'll, I mean, hold on, hold on, hold on. For, let me tell you why I'm I say just that saying, though. Wait a minute. Let before me, you say that, it's hard to make that statement because. When you go back and when you said that, I thought about what happened with Tamir Rice, but then I started thinking about the guy in in in, Vegas, uh, in Walmart. I start I thought about Philando Castile. I thought about the little six year old Ayanna Taylor who was in the in her uh, who was sleep. Well, that's well that's a stretch, but I understand where you're going. But go ahead. No, for for a kid playing with a gun to be shot by the police in a park. Mm-hmm. To me, that was that was like that should have been like we done. Mm-hmm. This this can't go on no more, right? Mm-hmm. Well, nobody. I didn't hear a huge outcry from the black community or from the black, as they call them, the black elite. Mm-hmm. Did you? Well, you don't look. You, but no, seriously, did you? No, but see, the the reason being, Robert, is that the black elite has never stood when it came. For fighting for justice, so I wonder they've why they've never they've never done that. Even so doing Dr. King's Dave, era. Hold on, Dave. 
What makes now different than then, Dave? It's not the black elite that's standing now. You got you got your movie star. Now hold on, now hold on, hold on. Let me bag you up because I want you to understand who I'm talking about now. You're black athlete. You're black movie stars. You're black comedians. But they were doing that they with Dr. King. Hold on. You got you had no. You didn't have everybody. You didn't have people being as op, as uh, openly vocal as they are now. Yeah, you did. No, you didn't. Not like this, Dave. Not you like did. this, Dave. Don't do that. And don't take me you, back to the you, civil rights movement we're you, talking about you, today. But no. But but you just said. But you're comparing the two. You did. You had Kurt Flood. You had Muhammad Ali. Kurt, you, you had. Hold on one second. Hold on had, one second. Hold on one second. You had. Uh, you hold had Kareem Abdul Jabbar. Hold on one second. Hold had, on one second. You had Ozzy Davis. Hold on one second, Dave. Totally different ball game. We all had to drink from the same water fountain. Then I'm not talking about. But the, you hold made on, the hold comparison. On hold on one second, Dave. No, you said you, we you're didn't trying to have. connect the two, and that's you can't do that. So when you were talking, when you start talking about Kurt Flood, Jim Brown. Uh, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, Muhammad Ali, we were all we all had to drink from the I same water fountain. We all had to. Right. Can't compare that, Dave, because now guess what? We ain't got to drink from the same water fountain. No, we don't. We can drink from every water fountain we want to drink from. We can live wherever we want to live. Not making that comparison, Dave. What mm-hmm. I'm saying to you today is, is that if you notice, we have had kids shot and killed by the police, and black folks in positions have not said a word. Mm-hmm. But all of a sudden now, all of a sudden, you got people making videos and doing all this kind of stuff. You ain't had that happen before. Let me ask you now, a question. Now, you think, you seem to think, it's one thing I know about corporate America. Right now, what they doing is profitable. Oh, here's a conspiracy theory. It's not a conspiracy theory. Oh, it's no. just the truth. <laughs> right now, right now what Robert. they're doing is profitable. But when it is no longer profitable, they shutting it down. I'm just letting you know, bro. Robert. What? That's not a conspiracy theory. That's the truth. Here's the bottom line. That there oh, were, God. There were black people. Give me some toilet paper. That were Give me toilet paper. I need to wipe your mouth. And I need to wipe your mouth because I know it's about to come out your mouth. Give me some toilet paper right now. And are you saying that because, because even before it became profitable, I, I recall LeBron James leading LeBron the James is, is the exception. He is okay. not the rule. So I, I recall that. You know, so to just crap on current athletes and movie stars, Danny Glover has been, been at the forefront for the longest. He even go back Danny to – Danny Glover is 700 years old. Hell, I'm talking about – Why you hate – Hold on. Before LL so, Cool – Have so you that, ever heard LL so, Cool J say anything? So – Have you ever heard LL Cool J say anything? I don't follow LL Cool No, but have you ever heard him? You know – Have you ever heard him? Okay, no. Okay, my point exactly. Keep on moving on. <laughs> Keep going, player. Keep going. Thank you for making my point. Thank you very much. Now we can but move on to something else. There have I don't want to hear nothing else. We can move on now. You answered that. It, it is what it is. There have been. Have you heard Jamie Foxx say anything before? Oh uh, well, he put on a dress, so he ain't gonna. Have you heard Jamie Foxx say anything before no, no, now? No, he he dressed up okay. like Lawanda. He can't say nothing. Okay, all right, all right. Okay, can I make my point? Go ahead. Okay, so here. have you heard Chris Rock say anything before now? Yes, I have. Eddie Murphy. Yes, I have. You are so full of. What would they say before uh, now? Chris Rock has made constant statements. He, about racism. In been a, been a, as a comedian, have you ever yes. heard him say something where he wasn't cracking no damn jokes? Yes but, or no? But, yes or no, Dave? I ain't talking about stand-up. 
Have you heard these guys get on a mic and say, this is crazy, we ain't putting up with this? On a mic, Dave. Yes, I Not have. in the concert. Yes, I Not have. in the concert, yes, but on, some, on somebody, on CNN, okay. MSNBC. So if you understand the genre. Uh-uh, uh-uh. We're not doing that here, player. We're not doing that. We're not oh, doing that, player. What no. has gotten into you? People? I'm just saying, man. I'm done. I'm letting you have if it. If you I'm understand done. the genre of comedians, comedians have always used their comedy to make a point. Richard Pryor was the classic example of that person where he made political statement after political statement. I, and I, the, the, the one that stands uh, out to me, and there are a number of them, was the joke about just us. Remember that joke? Yeah, but the, I think my best one was when he said, police don't shoot cars, they shoot niggas. Uh, <laughs> that's the best that, one. But again, that, that's, that's the best one. Comedians, yeah. see that, what I'm saying to you, Robert, to use comedians as a, uh, as the example was a bad example. You can use anybody. Pick okay. anybody. You okay. can pick anybody. I don't care now, who you pick. Now I it's all the same. Now, pick anybody. Now Ice T has certainly come out prior to now and made statements in his music about police. So has Snoop Dogg, and I can't believe I'm sitting here defending rappers because I don't particularly care for them. Okay. Uh, but Jay Cole has done it, who is a current rapper. I don't even know who that is. Uh, well, he's a current, my son keeps me up to date on him. He, he got a new track about to drop. Uh, I don't know what it is, but I got that for my son. So. He got a new track about uh, to drop, but, okay. But there have been numerous ones, but I think we talked the other day about why that disappeared because everybody went to gangster rap as opposed to message rap, okay? And the last, was that you and I, we were talking about that last week? Yeah. And the last group that really uh, was the message rap group was, um, what was it with speech? Um, yeah, Arrested Development. Arrested Development. So that's why that is. But uh, you're always going to have, and my point being, is that these bourgeoisie Negroes who have too much to lose financially, they're always going to sit on the sideline and let the. But that's what that's let, what we've that's what we've taught them to do. Well, but no, that's what they've always done. They we've taught we've they, taught them that they did that in the sixties. There we've, were there were a lot of those people who didn't agree with Dr. King. A lot of people were saying, "Why are you out there doing that? We we got this, we got this, we got this. We can wait a little bit longer." There were a lot of people who were doing that who thought they had arrived. So that's nothing new. And then when the movement got going. What did they do? I was with you all the time, Doc. Yeah. Doc, yeah. here I am. Here what, I am. That's what they say, right? Yeah. Success has a thousand fathers, or uh, failure dies an orphan, right? Exactly. But, exactly. I mean, again, I mean, we have, we have programmed people to do these things. As disappointing as it is, we, we've done that. That's what we've done. Mm -hmm. So, so. I, I, don't, I don't feel bad for um, – I feel I do feel bad that we have as a people that we haven't collectively come together to form some kind of organization to work on our behalf. Period. Well, you would tend to believe, you know, and that's why I kind of look at uh, Doc uh, Reverend Al with the with Jundis eye, because the and certainly Jesse Jackson had the opportunity. I have changed the way I see them. I have, and I hate to say that because I want I wanted to I wanted to be able to to hate them 
and to feel like they screwed us. Well, I, I don't hate them. I, well, I wanted I, to be I, able to. They are products of. But I have to tell you this, though. This is what I have to tell you. If you get in politics and you really dig in, mm-hmm. if you really dig into it, what you realize is you don't help your people through policy. You don't. You're not going to. It's not going. It's not going to happen. Well, I'm going to take the the opposite view from your point of view. Is that these people were running these? I mean, Jesse Jackson Operation Push, uh, Al Sharpton. You know, now with the National Action Network, some of the other people that was core. That was you rarely hear anything about the Urban League anymore. Uh, those. I'm I'm, I'm going to take your argument and say why is that in order to have your organization to be successful, what do you need? Money. Exactly. And in order for those push, NAN network, all of them, in order for them to be successful, black people ain't giving them money. So they got co-opted by white people making donations. So the argument that you make about if you are a black politician, you are not going to be successful with black money. You're going to have to get money from from white people in order to be successful because we as black people do not support the causes that are benefiting us. That's your argument. I agree with no. it. And that's that's in part why you don't here here's what I've Can, I've learned is that a lot of black people who would willingly get out there and and really fight do not because they know at the end of the day, when I get in the heat, black folks gonna abandon me. Am I not telling the truth? When I, you, you can, you can hem and haul all you want. To some degree. But to some I, degree. When I get in but hot you, water, to some degree. Them black to some folks, degree. To them, some degree. Them Negroes are gonna say, "See, I told you he was it, doing something." It usually, anyway. it usually depends on the stakes, but that that's 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 totally different. But my point is, Dave is that the the deeper you dig in to politics the more you realize how how jaded how jaded and confused and lost we are as a people as a people as a as a collective body of people right the reason i say that is it doesn't take politics for me to know that no i go that. back and i i go back that that piece in um and um, the uh, Lincoln Douglas debates, that piece where he said, "I know more. I don't. You know, I'm not against. I'm not against. I'm not against or for slavery. But I believe that if a man works, then he should be paid. Right? He should be paid a fair wage. He should not be. He should not have to work for free. And the deeper you dig into politics, that message resonates with me for one reason." Because what Abraham Lincoln did without even saying it is, he sent a message to black folks. Money is the key to this game. Money is, nothing else, money. Because, it's the thing, I ain't gotta give you freedom and money. Because technically already you have the money because you have the skills that nobody else in this country has and you can take those skills and parlay those skills into wealth, right? now. Again, Lincoln was killed before all this could come to maturation, but I really believe that 
there would have been some things that would have happened thereafter. Now, I'm not not saying I'm giving any credit to Lincoln or anything. I'm just saying there were some things that that probably could have could have happened after that. Now, as I go back to what I meant before about having a different level of respect for Jackson and Sharpton, right? In the game, in this political game, the one thing I realized, and sometimes people always say too late, but the one thing I realized was there's so much money in politics, ungodly amounts of money in politics. We as black folk, we don't tap into those monies. It's just like everything else we do. We're consumers. We consume the politics. We consume them, but we don't benefit from them, right? Mm-hmm. So you hire white, Democratic Party of Arkansas, great example. They hire, everybody hires white people to do the work and black folks volunteer. Now, people going to say, Robert, that's not true. There are some black people who work for the Democratic Party. Yeah, okay. If you got a 10-man staff and you hire two black folks, I guess that's equality. I guess it is. I ain't tripping. It is what it is, right? But the thing is, we should create our own separate everything. Because if I can't hire people, if I can't feed people, I can't fight people. It's just the truth. And I think these brothers realize that. But I think the the thing that the thing for them is maybe they just didn't know how to go about extracting the resources to empower other folks to come up. Because at the end of the day, the reason we lose is we don't understand how to make our money work for us. That's why we lose. Because if we understood how to make our money work for us, then we would pool that money and we would we would have our own lobbying group. It's not our money. It's their money. Still, we still have our it's, own lobbying it's people group. People like George Soros's money. It's uh, it's it's those rich white people who feel bad about racism and think by donating and money. And I think I think you should stop saying rich white people because you make the assumption that black people think differently than white people. If they're rich, they don't. You're you're missing my point. No, you're missing my point. The those those black people who are rich, they don't donate to causes. The white ones do. You don't think they donate? Oh, they don't. So they may, let me put it this way. They don't donate in the percentages that white people do. Okay. But how do you know that? Well, how do you know that for a fact? Well, I'm I'm pretty sure of it just by working in the nonprofit area. Okay. Uh, I know when I worked in Nashville, the majority of the, the money that came to that nonprofit work, and it was to benefit black kids, were from white people. Okay. Okay. Uh, just I'm I'm I've been in a number of these meetings, and you rarely see black firms. Now a lot of it is that you don't have black people who are making that kind of money that are on top of that the, on that totem pole. Okay, that's but fair. But the majority of that money comes from white people. That that's what I'm saying. So until we decide that we we believe in what we're doing and we're going to change some of the things that we're doing and donate to the causes that benefit us, then this is going to continue. But what causes benefit us? Name one. Uh, police brutality. Name, name, a, no, name an organization that benefits black folks. Well, that, that's my point. There, to, in my opinion, there aren't any. There aren't any. There is not, if, if in my opinion, if the National Action Network was legitimate and what I mean by legitimate is that it, you know, every time there's a black death, they've got Al Sharpton on MSNBC. Well, what you doing about it, Al? Just preaching at their funeral, 
ain't good enough for me. Now, look, I'm not trying to criticize Al Sharpton, but just being able to preach at that funeral and, and, and commensurate with the family, that ain't doing anything to me. But see, what, what, what legislation do you have pushed? What, what, what things are you funding that is going to make these things happen? That's what I'm saying. That's, I, that's the important thing. I, 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 once, I once said inaccurately that I felt, in my opinion, it was inaccurate that I felt that policy was the best way to remove our folks from the ills that we face. And I was wrong for that. I was. Because I really thought that was true. I really believed that the best way to improve the plight of black folks was to have this incredible legislation that would just change the world. But it's not true. Because this is monopoly. This is plain and simple, this is monopoly. This is just monopoly, nothing else. And once you learn the rules to monopoly, you're a pretty good player. So let me ask you a question, because that's an excellent analogy and I agree with you. You obviously played monopoly growing up, right? Mm-hmm. How often did you win when you, were, when you first started? A lot. When you first started? Yeah. Because I guess everybody around you was idiots then. I'm going to tell Mama what you said. I appreciate that, Dave. Mom, you listen, you heard what Dave said. Call I'm, in right I'm now. I'm not go. talking about no, you. No, don't call in, Mom. I'm don't not talking about you, Mom. I'm simply saying that there is no way on God's green earth that the first time you played Monopoly, Robert, you won. The first time I played Monopoly, Dave. Come on. My sister quit. She gave up. She gave out. Because she couldn't, she, couldn't, she couldn't deal with the mogul, right? And then after that, when I played with my cousins, they all would quit, Dave. So yeah, I kept winning, Dave. I kept winning because I'm a mogul. But go ahead and make your point. I don't want to. I want to. I don't want to deviate from this strong message. Okay, my my point is this: most of us, when we first started playing Monopoly, we would get our tails kicked. Okay. Uh, and most of us didn't even understand what the houses were, what the green houses and the red houses were for. Many of us didn't even play with the the deed cards. We just basically rolled the dice, and where we ended up, we collected money. That was how we first started playing. And then someone read the rules. Yeah, I was and getting ready to ask how could any of y'all read. And yeah, it was it was uh it was pictures. In that in that time, <laughs> um, someone read the. Oh, were they rules. were they still on rocks? Yeah, they were still okay, on rocks. Gotcha. Actually, they were smoke 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 signals. Smoke signals. Okay, yeah. gotcha. Okay. Uh, but when they finally, when we finally were able to interpret the smoke signals and the drum sounds, then we begin to realize. <laughs> wait a minute, we've been playing this game all wrong. Yeah. Okay, and yeah. once we began to. We understood the rules and began to realize that when you land on my property and I build up my property by putting houses on that property, I get more money. My point being is that we as black people have not learned the rules of capitalism. Mm -hmm. Because if we knew the rules of capitalism, then we wouldn't be spending 90% of our money with white people. Once we learn the rules of capitalism, then we'll start supporting black businesses. But until we learn that, we're going, look, that's why I'm saying right now, I've been saying for a long time, 
People say, man, you coming to the march? No, I'm going to go and I'm going to go spend money at uh, K Hall. Oh, man, you coming to the march? No, I'm going to go spend money at Uncle T's. Well, why aren't you coming to the march? Because I'm too busy spending money with black businesses. That's where you're going to get your clout. Once we begin to show, because, see, this whole thing about these college football players, this whole thing about these colleges coming out and saying, hey, Black Lives Matter, whoa, whoa, wait a minute, we love y'all blacks. They understand the economics of black bodies. The problem but we, is, but black people don't understand the economics exactly. of black bodies. We yeah. don't understand the economics of black bodies because I've been saying for years we could turn this whole police brutality, civil rights thing on its ear by simply not playing at their colleges. But no mm-hmm. one wants to hear that. That's talk. That's economics. So until we begin to understand the economics of black bodies, this is going to continue. Y'all can go ahead and march. Y'all can <clears> go ahead and pray. Y'all can go ahead and hope for a better future. But at the end of the day, why do you think that they burned down Tulsa? Why do you think that they burned down Okoye? Why do you think that they burned down Rosewood? Tell me why they did that. You see, why tell me why they did. They, no, tell me why they did why that. Why do you Dave? think that they attacked? Stop asking the question. Why tell you, me why, why they did. Why do you think it? they attacked Elaine Arkansas? Tell me why they did it. That, because those black people were self-sufficient. Those black people were doing and making more money than they than the white people were. But let that me was, help you, Dave. That was just a story let me, last let year. Let me help you, Dave. Okay, go ahead. Let go me ahead. help you because I think it's important that we understand the transition that black folks have went through in America. Mm-hmm. In 1870, mm-hmm. the most skilled working class in America was who? Black people. In 2020, the least skilled working class in America is who? Black people. How does that happen? Again, not un- How does that happen? I'm getting ready to tell you. Not knowing your worth. Not knowing your worth. But back to the point about they burned down. But again, you got to go back to it, one it, other thing. Hold well, on. You got to go back to one other thing. What other thing? We weren't allowed to educate ourselves then. That's true. And so even my grandparents and my, and my mother, they were always like, go to college, get a degree, mm-hmm. get a job, do that thing, right? Mm-hmm. Nobody, my grandfather taught me how to be a carpenter. My uncles taught me how to be a carpenter, right? They taught you how those to. Are skills that, those are skills that transcend any job, right? Right. Mm-hmm. Um, you got guys who were plumbers, who could be plumbers. Mm-hmm. Those things were not passed on to us. To that next generation, but, right? But you're, you're making you my keep, point. You kept losing those skills each generation, and mm-hmm. pretty soon, but you're making you got my nothing. point because no, no, no. I'm actually trying to enhance your point. No, I'm saying you are because the point is that when you look at what happened, is that this whole thing about going to school so you can get a good job was a fallacy. It's still a fallacy. We now, bought it. We bought it. Well, though. we did because we because those are leaders. Well, we bought it because we we, we well, bought it because I mean, of well, what we went what we had went well, through. I, I, I understand all of that, but our leaders did not understand that I can make just as much money without a degree. By the way, you know Bill Gates, he doesn't have a degree. No. Uh, Elon Musk, he doesn't have a degree. So we've been we we we've excuse me, sold our kids this bill of goods to say that, hey, go to school, get a degree, you'll get a job. And then what you find out is that the majority of the people that got those degrees are not even working in their degree fields, okay, and especially black people. All I'm simply saying is this, is that if 
there's a reason why they burned down those cities. It's because those black people were being successful at being black and understanding capitalism. If you go back and you look at many of the black men that were lynched were black business owners. There's a reason behind that. Is that to keep you business ignorant, I can keep you poor. And what's happening right now in the black community is that we, the majority of us, are business ignorant. We are so ignorant that we don't understand that spending money at a Walmart hurts us more than spending money at a black hardware store. Now you say, well, ain't no black hardware stores. I agree, but have you ever asked the question why there aren't? If we had political clout, let me ask you a question. Asians are Asians are not, uh, they are minorities in America, aren't they? Who's that? When, aren't Asians minorities in America? When was the last time you saw a cop racially profile but Dave, Dave this is the thing you gotta go let me, back let though. me finish okay. my go point go ahead go ahead go ahead you don't see that happening is because Asians have money they have clout in fact you can go to San Francisco you can go to Los Angeles you can go to New York and you know what they've got their own communities I told the story about when I was looking for some ghost peppers in Los Angeles and we went, and in uh, one of the communities, we went to an Indian community, and all of the signage was in Indian. I could not even recognize the signage. I understand that. That's the point. Those people have their own communities. They keep their money in their own communities, and oftentimes they protect their own communities. What's wrong with black people? We too busy trying to be like Massa. That's the bottom line. You may not like it, but that's the truth. We have we what I call worshiping the gods of a beaten enemy. We're trying to too busy be like. See, they brainwashed us so badly to think that being black is so bad that the only thing you can be to be successful is white. That's the problem. It's a mental thing. I don't understand. It's that old saying is, Robert, I'm going to come to your house, and I'm going to take your TV. I'm going to take your car. I'm going to take your truck. I'm going to take your food. And you're going to say, thank you, Massa. It's the same thing. You got to take care of your own house first. And that means that means individually, and that means collectively okay. as a black I need to push back on you a little bit. So I don't disagree with anything you just said, but I believe we have to go through and we have to go through and reprogram our people. That's what I just said, Robert. And by that, I mean the first thing we got to do is we got to throw away religion. We can't help it, Dave. No, First Timothy six and ten. First Timothy six and ten. First Timothy First Timothy six and ten completely disagrees with everything we're talking about right now. What is that? What does it say? Um, what is it? Um, money is the root of all evil, mm. right? Mm. Money is the root of all evil. No, first, first Timothy that. six it and ten. The love of money. Same thing, because we gotta love money to do our thing, right? Uh, no, you don't. How, you, how? How not? How not, Dave? How not do we have to love money? Because we have to understand that money is the vessel by which moves us forward. Money is the vessel we get on to move forward. There is no other vessel that we can get on to move forward. You got that right? Okay. 
Right. There's no other vessel we can get on to move forward. Mm-hmm. If it ain't money, there's nothing. Mm-hmm. Because what moves politicians? What was, money. What happened? What what did what do many countries do that don't have money? They barter. So you want to barter now? I'm just saying to say I don't believe in bending. To, to make that blanket statement about money, many countries barter and still do today. Bartering was the main economical system. So you want to bar- who you want to barter with? We can barter. I barter all the time. You know what? You know what's bartering to me? You know what's bartering to me? What? Peaceful protests. What that gets you? Barter on. If you want to barter, barter on, player. Barter on. I, I barter with people all the time. I, I'm a I'm an IT guy. I, I have people that will come, come to me and say, man, my computer's broke. How much you charge? I give them a price. They may not be able to pay it. If they are a business owner, they may have something that I can use. So I tell you what, man, you do this for me, I'll do that for you. There's nothing wrong with bothering. I do that all the time. Duh. In every negotiation, someone has to be in a position of power. In every negotiation. See, no, you don't. No, you don't. I love negotiating with you, Dan. In, in negotiations, the, the position that you are in is from what someone may want from you. You are, theoretically, if you come with nothing, you're right. I got all the power. But in a bartering system, both clients have power. You've got something I want. Okay, I got watermelons over here. You got greens over there. How much are 10 watermelons? Those watermelons, 10 watermelons, $10 a piece, uh, that's 100 bucks. How much are a bushel of greens? $10 a piece. I want some watermelons. You want some greens. I tell you what, I give you some watermelons. You get the greens. Both of y'all are empowered. I don't know where you get that from. See, that's, that's that white man mentality, man. You need, <laughs> you, you need to quit playing. You need to play playing golf with them. You know, I don't play golf with a bunch of white people. I play golf with black people too. Well, maybe they them, golf has no color. Them bougie white, them bougie black people. I don't play golf with you, Dave. Uh, well, look, how much you the only bougie I, black person? How I much know does it? How much does it cost to play a round of golf? I don't pay to play golf. Oh, you don't, huh? Depends on where I play. I don't pay to. I don't pay to play. It's good to have good. It's good to have friends in good places. You know, yeah. it's good. It's good, Dave. It's good work. Yeah. It's good work if you can get it. Yeah, yeah. I, I, guess, I guess it is. Yeah, good work if you can get it, my friend. I guess it is. Good work. Yeah. That's why I hang out with you, man. I know what's up, baby. I know what's up. I know what's up. My bread butter don't play. I know what's up. My bread butter don't. I do. I do. I do. All right. All right. All right. We got to get out of here. Uh, you got your quote ready. Good show, by the way. It was, man. What well, made Rizzy stay? She told him she, uh, Ms. Rizzy must have told him she, he could stay for a little, yeah, little while. Yeah, she probably gave him permission or something like that. I'm waiting on you, man. <sighs> man, you call, you a cold piece. <laughs> <laughs> if you can control a man's thinking, you do not have to worry about his actions. Boom, that's what we were When just you determine about. that a man See? shall think, when mm. you determine what a man shall think, Best you quote do you've not ever done. have to concern Best yourself. Best quote you've ever done. About what he will do. Exactly. If you make a man feel that he is inferior, mm-hmm. you do not have to compel him to accept an inferior status, mm-hmm. for he will seek it himself. Mm-hmm. If you make a man think that he is justly an outcast, mm-hmm. you do not have to order him mm-hmm. to the back to the back door. Yeah. He will go without being told. Mm-hmm. If there is no back door, mm-hmm. he'll make one. His very nature will demand one. There you go. You know who that is? I, I can tell you who that is. Who is that? That's 
That's my dog. Who's that? That's Carter G. Woodson, baby. Every day, all day, player. That's what I'm Every saying. Every day, all day. That, that's exactly day, what we were day. talking about. Every day, all is day. Is that if you feel inferior, you do everything you can to make sure that you are inferior. Yeah. That's exactly what he, that's what we were just talking about. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Here's my quote. It's no credit to this enormously rich country that there are more oppressive, less decent governments elsewhere. We claim superiority of our institutions. We ought to live up to our own standards, not use misery elsewhere as an endless source of self-gratification and justification. James Baldwin. That's deep. I love that one. Hey, black folks, spend money in your own communities. If you don't, nobody else will. Peace and love, black folks. listening to Black Focus, where we discuss our issues with our solutions and our voices. Join us every weekday afternoon at 1 p.m. on joinetradio.com.